Good morning. How you guys doing today? You guys good? All right. Well, uh, it's an honor to be here to fill in for a man that I love and respect so much as he faithfully brings the word uh, to us every week. And uh, how many guys, when you come to church, are expectant that God has something to say to you? Anybody? Because we know that regardless of who's up here, that God's word does not return void. Amen? And so I'm confident with that, that God is going to speak to us here today. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we do come before you now. God, we welcome you here in this place. We welcome your presence. Lord, I pray that you'd speak to each and every heart, each and every life. Lord, you know where each person is at, what's going on in each life. And Lord, we pray that you'd meet us here. Speak to us. Encourage us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, so I have been in two car accidents in my entire life. Uh, my second car accident happened when I was 16. And uh, shortly after I got my license, I got rear-ended. It was just a little fender bender. You know, no one got hurt. It wasn't a big deal. That one uh, w was not my fault. Um, my first car accident, however, uh, took place when I was 12 years old. See, uh, my dad, uh, well, let me put it this way. We, we had a field over by our house and there were some horse stables and my uncle had some horses out of the stables and so uh, my dad and I would take care of the horses during the week because my uncle lived a, a distance away and uh, as we would go out there my dad began to start showing me how to drive right he started showing me how to drive a stick shift and all of that and so I had kind of just gotten to the point where he was comfortable letting me kind of go out for a little spin just wide out, out in the open field and then one day my uncle was coming to visit and so I told my dad, I said, hey, dad, let me, let me take the truck out. Let me show him what I could do, right? And so my dad's like, ah, all right, you better be careful. I'm like, dad, come on. Don't be crazy. You know, I got this. This is no problem, right? So uh, I go out there. I'm driving around. Everything's good. I'm feeling confident, right? I'm 12 years old, and I'm driving, you know, stick shift. And so I'm doing this deal, and, like, I imagine how I'm going to, you know, come back in. And as I'm pulling up, you know, I'm kind of doing one of these numbers, you know, where, like, I'm too cool for two hands, right? And as I'm trying to do this, what happens is I lose control of the wheel, and the truck veers into a tree. It hits a tree, a big old chunk of the tree goes flying off the corner of my dad's truck is all messed up and I'm just remember sitting there like this is not how I thought this was gonna go right somehow I imagined that this was gonna end very differently and uh, you know in my pride I thought I had things in control but the truth is that I did not and so with that you could say that what I was dealing with at that time was control issues I had some control issues, and that is the title and the topic of our message today. Control issues can be defined as trying to control something that you can't control. And the truth is that this is how we live our lives, dealing with control issues, right? Because we want to have control. We want control. We think, hey, I, I've got this. We want to drive. We want to do our own thing. And the truth of the matter is, no matter how much we try, there are things that we cannot control, right? No matter what we do, no matter how hard we try, no matter how much we plan, we cannot control them, right? Well, let me just give you one word. Or how about this one number? 2020. 
right? Am I right? It's like, did anybody have this written down in your planner? Right? I, I have this calendar, this planner that I bought in 2019. It's a 2019, 2020 planner, right? And none of the stuff that is going on is written down in that planner. You know, I think uh, with all the craziness going on, you know, you can, we've, we've passed the point where we say, you know, what could happen next, you know? What else could go wrong, right? And uh, if that's you and you're saying that, will you please stop? Please, like, I, this might be your fault. I don't know, but just, just stop, really. But one thing we can remember is this. In the midst of the crazy, God is still in control. Amen? And that is what we're going to be talking about today as we uh, turn to James chapter 4, verses uh, 13 through 17. James 4, 13 through 17. The book of James is all about practical Christianity, living out the very things that we say we believe. James gives us a picture and he challenges us to, to live out the things that we say we believe. And in chapter 4, James addresses the topic of pride and how pride is really at the root of so many problems and causes so many issues that the problem cause, or, or pride causes problems between us and other people. And pride causes problems between us and God. And so what we're going to see in our text today is how pride can influence the way that we plan and the way that we live our lives. And the truth of the matter is, we got to know that God has a plan for our lives. Amen? God has a plan for your life, and the truth of the matter is, we can either live according to our plans, or we can live according to God's plan. Let's go ahead and look at our text. If, if you would, stand for the reading of God's Word. Let's read James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. James says, Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city, spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. Dear Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for, for being here right now, Lord, and we pray that you would speak to us through your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. So as we uh, look at this text today, we're going to pull out three points. And uh, our three points are really three mistakes that we make due to control issues. These are three mentalities or mindsets that we make in, in planning our lives and living our lives. And these are mistakes to be avoided. These, uh, th I'll give you the points to you right now. It's number one, we make a mistake in preparation. Number two, we make the mistake of procrastination. And number three, the mistake in prioritization. And these three areas overlap is there's a little bit of each in, in the other, but I want to really highlight these three distinct aspects. And our first mistake comes out of verse 13, where James again says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year there, buy and sell and make a profit. And so our first mistake that we can make due to control issues is a mistake in preparation. 
This is a mistake in making plans and doing our own thing without God. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not a mistake to make plans, right? It's good to make plans. We should make plans. But the mistake is not considering God when we're making our plans. See, this is not an issue of rejecting God's will. This is an issue of neglecting God's will. This is something that can be referred to as practical atheism. This is someone who says that they are Christian, but their life shows no evidence in the way that they live. And so this may be somebody who goes to church on Sunday, but the rest of their week, they go around without considering God in making their plans and in the things that they do. And the reality is that this really reveals God's true place in our heart. Because see, if you were to ask a Christian, a typical Christian, what's the most important thing in life? You would think that they would say, uh, what's number one? Well, well, God. God's number one. But if God's number one in your life or in your heart, you would think it would show up in the way that we live our lives, right? If God's number one in your life, you're not going to leave him at church on Sunday, right? You're going to not bring him with you the rest of the week. Think about this. We, we think about what we care about, right? The things that you think about are the things that you care about. The things that you care about more are the things that you think about more. And if something is really important and significant to you, you can't not think about it. Right? You ever had something in your mind and you just you wish that you weren't thinking about it, but you can't help but think about it? When things are important and significant, you can't help but think about them. So as we do a personal inventory, we need to ask ourselves, how much of our day, how much of our lives is spent thinking about the Lord? Thinking about how the things that we do affect the Lord in our relationship with Him. See, the sad fact of what often happens is we don't consider God in our plans until something's gone wrong with our plans. And sadly, this mentality makes God nothing more than an afterthought. The question we need to ask ourselves today is this, is God at the center of your plan or is he just your backup plan? A lot of people think that it's God's job to to help you fulfill your plan for your life. That somehow that, that's God's responsibility to help you get done what you need to get done, that your plan, that your agenda, that that's God's job to help you get there. And the truth of the matter and the point here is this, guys. It's not God's job to fulfill your plan. It's your plan to fulfill. It's your job to fulfill His. Let me say that again. It's not God's job to fulfill your plan. It's your job to fulfill His. See, a lot of people, they treat God almost like he's some sort of a spiritual Siri, right? You know, you, you go along with your plans, doing your thing, and you run into trouble and you need help. And just the way we would say, hey, Siri, you know, I need to get from point A to point B. People think that that's how it works with God. In fact, sadly, many people's prayer lives, how many times is it nothing more than us giving God his task list, his to-do list? That's not how it works, guys. It's not God's job to fulfill our plan. We need to do what God has called us to do. Amen? I still remember several years ago, there was this uh, football player 
from uh, the Buffalo Bills, and um, he, uh, he got thrown a pass. He was open in the end zone, what would have been the game-winning touchdown, and he dropped it. He dropped the ball. And I remember there was a post-game interview, and he was up there, and he was just kind of whining and complaining, and he's like, man, I don't know why God would, would let this happen. I don't know why God did this. And first of all, let me just say this. It wasn't God that dropped the ball, bro. <laughs> that was you, okay? God does not do that. But more importantly, let me say this, that it's not God's job to bring glory to your name. It's our job to bring glory to His. Amen? And here's the truth of the matter. In our lives, there's really no place for God in our life, except for at the foundation. By trying to do this after the fact, after things have gone wrong, that's not the way that it works. You guys may have seen uh, or heard the illustration of rocks in a jar. There should be a picture coming up here on the screen. Rocks in a jar. And if you've seen this illustration before, you know that the biggest rock, the largest thing, the most significant thing, it cannot be put in after the fact. It must go in first. The only way that things fit together is when you put that first. If God is number one in your life, if God is the most significant thing in your life, He must go first. He is that important. He is that significant. We see this error in Acts chapter 4. Verse 11, where it says this, speaking of Jesus, it says, This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. And there is no salvation in any other name, for there is no other name under heaven by which, men, uh, by which we must be saved. He is a foundation. He is the cornerstone. The cornerstone was this huge, significant stone that cannot be put in after. There's no place for it to fit the same way that there's no place that God fits in our life after the fact and then we try to make things work. If you want things to work right, we need to put God first. Matthew 6, 31 says this, Therefore don't worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Guys, the thing we've got to realize is this, that if God was not in your plans at the start, then don't blame Him when your plan fails at the finish. See, because God's plans don't fail. Don't blame God when your plan fails and treat it as if God's plan has failed because God's plans do not fail. Amen? Amen. And so with that, we see, number one, the first mistake is a mistake in our preparation or our planning. Planning our life, going about our life without God, thinking of Him, nothing more than an afterthought, after we get in trouble and after we need help. Number two, our second mistake comes out of Verses 14 and 15, again, James says this. He says, Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. And so the second mistake that we can run into due to control issues is the mistake of procrastination. Procrastination. Any procrastinators in the house? Okay. Uh, some of you were going to raise your hand, but you're waiting until later to do it. That's okay, right? Um, 
How many guys know the procrastinator's motto, right? Why do today that which can be put off until tomorrow, right? Some of us live by that thing, right? Some of us get uh, that confused with the golden rule, right? It's like, what's the golden rule? Why put off it? No, that's not it, right? That is not it. And so the mistake of putting off what God has called us to do, the mistake of procrastination. Now, this is not saying no to God, at least not intentionally, but it's just saying wait. It says, yeah, yes, I'll, I'll do that, Lord, but later, not now. How many of you guys know that delayed obedience is disobedience, right? Delayed obedience is just disobedience. There's a huge, in, there's a huge distinction between intention and action, right? Intending to do something is not the same as actually doing it, right? Like for the parents out here, you know, for your kids to clean their room, will you clean your room? And they say, oh, I was going to, I was just about to, but that does not translate into a clean room. This is a prideful, this is a prideful mentality. Essentially saying, I'm gonna do what I need to do now and then I'll do what God wants me to do later. And here's James' point here, guys. Later, tomorrow, you may not have that opportunity. This is prideful in assuming, number one, that you will have a tomorrow. Tomorrow is not promised. And number two, the assumption that tomorrow will be just like today. That tomorrow is going to be a continuation of today. And have we not all learned in this crazy season that things can change quite drastically very quickly? We have seen that tomorrow can be very different than today. Very different than what we expected. We are living in that. Again, nobody, I think, predicted that we'd be going through the crazy season that we're going through. And many people's tomorrow was changed where their job wasn't there. Their financial situation changed. Health status changed. Lockdowns changed. Everything. And so tomorrow is not guaranteed. But here's the thing. Satan's lie, his biggest lie to us on this, is that you have plenty of time. See, Satan doesn't have to get you to say no to God. He just needs to tell you to say wait. He tries to slide that in there. Proverbs 27.1 tells us this. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring forth. Right? We are living in that right now. That is the season we are in. Psalm 90 verse 12 says this, So teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And so here's the point, guys. When it comes to procrastination, it's, it's plain and simply. Don't put off until tomorrow to do what God has called you to do today. Don't say tomorrow to God. When God calls you to do something, you don't tell Him wait. You don't tell Him tomorrow. You say, yes, sir, and we should be excited to do it. We can't take for granted that the opportunities that are available today will still be there tomorrow. Luke 12, 16, Jesus speaking on this in a parable said this, the ground of a certain rich man yielded plentifully. And he thought within himself saying, what shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I will do this. I will pull down my barns and build it greater and there I will store my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have, you have many goods laid up 
for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul will be required of you. Then whose will those things be which you have provided? Guys, we can't count on tomorrow. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. And I want to say to you this morning, guys, you don't have to wait until this lockdown is over to serve the Lord. You don't have to wait till this COVID is over to be used by the Lord. God wants to use you right now, right where you're at, in the midst of this situation. Because no matter what kind of restrictions the government may put on us, the government cannot restrict God's plans and God's working in your life. Amen? Amen. And so we need to look at the opportunities that are right in front of us. Just because we have different opportunities in front of us, just because we couldn't, just because we can't do what we could do before, doesn't mean that we can't do what God has for us right now and what is right in front of us. Guys, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do, what God has placed in front of you, what God is calling you to do. Not tomorrow, but today, right now. Guys, this unprecedented situation that we are in has created an unprecedented opportunity to share the gospel. Amen? Lives are being shaken and hearts are being softed and people are looking up for answers and it's our job to come alongside them and tell them what that answer is. Jesus Christ, that God is in control, right? That is the answer and we need to be there to give it. Don't wait till tomorrow to do what God's called you to do today. We don't move when we're ready to move. We move when God is ready to use us. Amen? That's the trigger. We don't move when we feel ready, when we think we're ready. When God says go, that's when we go. That's when we move. And so we don't wait until tomorrow because we don't know what may come. So don't put it off until tomorrow, what God's called you to do today. Number three, our third mistake that comes from control issues out of verses 16 and 17. It says this, But now you boast in your arrogance, All such boasting is evil. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. And so the third mistake we make due to control issues is the mistake in our uh, prioritization. Prioritization. This is not ranking God's plans in the proper priority of importance. Choosing your plans above God's plans. See, this is not only failing to involve God in your plans, but this is choosing to do your own thing instead of what God has for you. And really what this comes from is not trusting that God's plan is what's best for us. Right? That's really what this comes from. And the main reason that that we do that oftentimes is because The truth of the matter is God's way is not necessarily the easy way. In fact, I'd say the opposite is true. Matthew 7, 13, Jesus says, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way which leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult. Does your Bible say that? Difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And that's where Satan comes in, because Satan loves to offer us shortcuts. Satan loves to offer shortcuts, an easier way, and to somehow try to convince us that God is holding out on us some good thing. 
That's the same trick that Satan pulled on Eve in the garden. Genesis chapter 3, verse 4. Then the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. She took the bait that somehow God is holding out on us, that there's some good thing that God is withholding from us. And so as Satan opens these doors of these shortcuts for us, we got to be careful, guys. Because many people mistakenly think that if there is an open door of opportunity, that God has opened that door. And they walk right through. Guys, we got to be careful. Guys, Satan will gladly open a door for you. You guys know that? I mean, he'll like put on the tuxedo, the white gloves. He'll be like, right this way, sir. Right this way, man. And we're just walking through. Oh, wow, how nice. Thank you, right? No, don't fall for it. There was a, a building just across the way from, from the church on 17th Street, and it was being demoed. And uh, uh, there was this door that, it was wide open door, right? And uh, all, everything in front of it had been completely demoed, you know, but that door was wide open. And so it's like, you could walk through that open door, and you're going to have a bad day. Let's just put it that way, right? Walking through an open door, just because there's an open door, doesn't mean that it's a door God has opened, and it's not a door for us to go through. Amen? See, the thing is, guys, that Satan likes to offer you something that's right now to keep us away from what is right now. Right? Satan wants to offer you something that's right here in the moment to keep us away from what is right in the moment right now. Because right now, so many times it screams so loud that we cannot see what God has for us later. This is something that is, you could call a perspective based on proximity. Perspective based on proximity, where if, if you look somewhere, right, the things that are closer to you in proximity, they are bigger, right? The things in the distance, they look smaller because they're further away. And so when we have this perspective, when we look at life that way, the things that are right in front of us can have an appearance of being far more important and far more significant. And we tend to... to belittle the things that are off in the distance and what is right in front of us can blind us to what is behind us, to the thing that God is working on in the process, the thing that takes time to mature and to develop. We cannot see it because we're so focused on what is right in front of us. We need to look past that and fix our eyes on the Lord. Because the truth of the matter is, guys, you can be in the center of a struggle and be in the center of God's will. Right? You can be in the center of a trial and be right where God has you. Right? Ask Joseph when he was in the pit, right, as his brother sold him out. As he was in the center of that pit, he was in the center of God's will. As he went on to prison, in the center of that prison cell, he was right where God had him. And it's fixing our eyes on the Lord which helps us see past our immediate, the crazy, the chaos of what's going on. The point here is this, guys, that although God's plans may not be fast and they may not be easy, be assured that they are better. Be assured that they are better. God knows best and has our best interests in mind. How can we doubt 
the one who bears the scars that he got while saving us. How can we doubt? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, one of my favorite verses. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. See, if you follow God's will, it may not be easy, but you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed. What do we do is we need to fix our heart on the Lord. Seek the Lord. Pursue God. Seek Him first. And then His desires will become our desires. Psalm 37, 4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desire of your hearts. When you delight in God, you get the desires of your heart because your desires are the very things that God wants. And where God leads you is the very place that you want to be. We need to follow where the Lord is leading and seek the Lord and not other things. And so as we... Bring this to a close, guys. You guys want to know the solution to control issues? It's very simple. The solution to control issues is surrender. The solution to control issues is surrender. Complete surrender, right? There's no such thing as a conditional surrender, right? You can't just surrender a part of your life, but, but not this part. No, it's a complete and total surrender. Because the reality, guys, is this. The control issues are really trust issues. Control issues are trust issues. And the question is, do we trust the Lord? We need to trust the Lord as Job did. In Job 13, 15, as he says this, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. And guys, during this season, I encourage you to not focus on the things that you cannot control. Don't focus on the things that are out of control, but focus on the things that you can because we can't control our circumstances, but we can't control our response, right? We can't control what happens to us, but we can control how we respond. And are we responding, reaching out to the Lord? Are we calling out to the Lord, fixing our eyes on Him? Hebrews 12, 2 says this, Therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen? Guys, we need to be obedient. We need to be obedient immediately. Don't put off until tomorrow what God's calling you to do today. Do you trust God with all your heart? Do you trust Him? See, again... We always want, going back to my story at the beginning, we always want to drive. We always want the steering wheel. We want control. But the, the trust question is, do you trust him to drive? My suggestion to you is we step out of the driver's seat and we let him drive. And as we see him driving, as we see those hands on the wheel, we will see that they're nail-scarred hands 
those scars came by him paying the price to show you how much he loves you, to show you that, that he has your best interests in mind, that he's willing to count the cost, to hold nothing back, to pay it all for you. How can we question that? How can we doubt that? Guys, Satan will offer you a tomorrow that he has not and that he cannot pay for. The only one who's paid for your tomorrow only one who is paid for your tomorrow is Jesus Christ is Jesus Christ he has paid for it in full to show us that he loves us to demonstrate and to give us that future to give us that hope and to know that no matter how crazy this life is this life is not all that there is right our, our worst day here on earth is nothing compared to our worst day on heaven right we will be in heaven and so as we close, my last question, my challenge for you is this. Do you want to be the master of your destiny or will you entrust your destiny into the hands of the master? My encouragement to you is the latter. And so as we bring this to a close, my challenge for you guys is if you need to shift some things around in your life, shift some priorities, shift your thinking to re establish Christ on the throne of your heart on every day of your life on the throne of your today don't wait until tomorrow to do it amen amen let's pray dear Lord we do come before you now Lord we thank you Lord Jesus that you not only told us how much you love us but you demonstrated it for us and your scars bear witness to the magnitude of your love for us and Lord I just pray uh, for each and every person here, Lord, as we go through such a crazy season, such a crazy time, unprecedented, Lord, that you would stir up in our hearts a desire to do new things for you, Lord, that we would look for the opportunity, that we would look for what you are leading us to, that we would look for the people that you've placed in our path and to not focus on those that we can't reach, but to minister to those that we can. And Lord, I pray just for each and every heart, Lord, anyone who needs to make that priority adjustment, that priority arrangement, Lord, that you would impress that upon their heart right here and right now. To just say, Lord, I surrender. Lord, I, I place you as number one in my life. I'm placing you first from this day, from this moment forward and help me to trust and to follow what you have for me. Lord, would you strengthen us, Lord? Would that be our prayer every day, Lord, to seek you one day at a time, one step at a time, knowing that you are in control and you have our best interests in mind. So fill us with your spirit. Empower us to do these things, we pray. And we ask all these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.